for us to be successful, for us to be fruitful, there are things that we need to do. There are certain things that we need to inculcate in our lives that will help us to succeed. And one of them is what we want to look at, which is values. 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 On the 3rd of October, 1995, virtually the whole of America came to a standstill because of one man. What was his crime? It was alleged that he had killed his ex-wife and a friend. And that trial lasted for almost a year. It gained international recognition. And that day was the day of judgment. And virtually everything came to a halt. The planes could not move because the passengers told the pilot, wait, we want to hear the outcome of this before we board the plane. Students refused to go to school. People decide not to work. It was during the days of President Bill Clinton and he himself moved out of his own office, went to his secretary's office to watch what was happening. Radio stations, television stations, all of them were telecasting it. I'm talking about no other person. I'm no, I know some of you have heard his name. O.J. Simpson. And when the verdict was given, there was total division amongst the people. Some said, yes, he is guilty. Others said, no, he is not. Some said, the justice system of America has been compromised. And some said, the black is being treated badly. All kinds of things were being said. Even though the judgment was just a single one. He was not guilty. But everybody had different interpretation. People came to conclusions based on their values. Based on what they believe is right or not. And it happens to all of us. We come to conclusions. We decide on things based on the values that we have built over the years. So at the end of the day, O.J. Simpson himself was going through all kinds of things. But people 
were out there deciding on his faith based on how they perceive the whole situation. So, if that is the case, it will take us to another place. We want to look at if people decided, if people concluded based on their values, we want to know what is value. So, values are those things that make up for you. What is right? What is wrong? What matters? And what does not matter? So, some of them, based on their values, they said that this is right. Some of them, based on their values, they said this is not right. This matter, this does not matter. And every one of us, we have had situations where we disagree with each other because we believe that this is right and the other person believes that this is not right. There was this story that was told about a panel. panel. They wanted to find out how people Define the word integrity. So they decided to invite people to the tunnel, to the panel, and then ask them, what is your definition of integrity? They invited three people. The first person that they invited was a philosopher. They said, you have done research. You have done a lot of studies in this area. Come and tell us what's your definition of integrity. He took a while and he said, integrity is doing something that no one is around. Or integrity is who you are when no one is around. And he said, okay, it's okay. Let's look for another thing. They invited a businessman. They said, alright, you have been in the business world for a long time. You have had transactions with a number of people. You have encountered a number of people. Tell us your definition of integrity. He said, integrity is as good as your word. It's okay. This one is also good. Then they invited a lawyer. All right, you have had issues, you have handled cases, you have been to all kinds of court, you have met all kinds of justice and judges, all of them. Come and tell us your definition of integrity. The lawyer stood up closed the windows. He closed the doors. The curtains that were open, he closed them. He sat down and asked them, which of the meanings do you want to hear? In other words, to the lawyer, because he had had a lot of encounters with different, different people. 
he has concluded on different different ways and means of defining that single word integrity so you can see that all the three people all of them define it differently based on their values based on what matters to them based on what they have experienced in life all of them one said this the other said that another person also said something else so the question that i ask is that what kind of value have you developed over the years which is defining your life which is affecting your life either positive or negative because that is what values do again values express moral imperative they are the expressions of the ultimate end goals or purpose our values are the basis of our judgment about what is desirable what is beautiful what is proper what is correct important worthwhile and good as well as what is undesirable what is ugly incorrect improper and what is bad so values are general principles to regulate our day to day behavior they are not only or they do not only give us directions to our behavior but they are also ideas objectives in themselves now values deal not so much with what is but with what ought to be it deals with what ought to be so where do we get our values human values originate in everything that makes up the human from our tribes we have developed values from our culture we have developed values from our homes all of us have values that we have developed from our homes the way you do your things the way you react to a situation it is as a result of the values that you developed over the years our religions whether muslim christian whatever it is whatever religious affiliation you belong we develop values from all these places so if we should take pen and paper and we should go around and we should ask everybody the values that you have developed over the years every one of us will have something to write and every one of us will have something to say the truth is that values are so important most of us are here because of the values that we have developed over the years when you were a child probably your parents took you to church 
So over the years, you develop that value of what? Going to church. Maybe your parent taught you how to do things in the house. As old as you are, you still go back and do those things because to you, those things matter. So values are important. Why are they important? Because they guide our beliefs, our attitude, and our behavior. Everybody has value. But the problem is that not everybody agrees on what those values should be. We all don't agree. That is why I said from the beginning, even though the verdict was one, everybody had different interpretation. Others believed it, others don't. And all of us, it happens to us. But when you are a child of God, when you are a believer, when you are a Christian, when you believe in our faith, there are values that all of us, irrespective of our background, irrespective of where we are coming from, irrespective of what you have learned, there are values in Christianity that we must all agree on. We cannot compromise on that. I believe that one of the core mandates of Jesus, when he came around, was to instill godly values in his people and by extension, all of us. Jesus made a very important statement in the book of Luke, chapter 9. I want the King James Version. Luke chapter 9, verse 54 to 55. Luke chapter 9. Are we there? Alright. And Jesus said to his, and when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, with thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did. 55. But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye not know what manner of spirit ye are made of. Jesus was telling them, If you know the kind of spirit you are made of, you will not be talking that, Shall we call fire from above to consume them? If you know the spirit you are made of, you will appreciate the fact that the spirit you are made of is the spirit that builds, the spirit that strengthens, the spirit that encourages, the spirit that motivates. It is not the spirit that destroys. When you go to the next verse, 56, Jesus says something. He says, For the Son of Man is not come to what? To destroy. That is the spirit we are made of. To destroy man's life. But to save them. And they went. 
to another village. So all of us, the message that Christ is trying to portray, is trying to preach to us, that the spirit we are made of is not the spirit that destroys. The spirit we are made of is not the spirit that pulls down. The spirit we are made of is the spirit that seeks the welfare, the good welfare of people. Is the spirit that lifts up. Is the spirit that builds. He says, these are the values that I am trying to put in your spirit. James and John. These are the values that I am trying to open your eyes to understand. Yes, the world has values. Your parents gave you values. Even our country is giving us all kinds of values. Your own home has developed different value. But Jesus is saying that if you come to me, when I encounter you, I give you new set of values. The values that are taught in the Bible is opposite that of the world. Kindness and respect for all people instead of power. Humility instead of status. Honesty and generosity instead of wealth. Self-control instead of self-endurance. Forgiveness instead of revenge. Christian values promote peace and goodwill amongst us. Christian values promote peace and goodwill amongst us. We are trying to achieve perfection. Isn't it? But those of us who strive to obey God often find a sense of joy, peace, and love. This morning, whatever values that you have, whatever that you have developed over the years, they may be good, But there are some of them that you need to break off. And for the next 15 minutes, we are going to look at 10 different values that every child of God must intentionally, deliberately, consciously develop. If we want to be successful, As believers, as Christians, if we want to attain the level that Christ is expecting us to attain, if we want to achieve our goals as believers, I believe that these 10 values are so crucial and so important to us. So we are going to look at 10 of them. 10 of them shortly. The first one is worship. Worship. I'll be glad if you can write it down. Those that are projecting, I'll be glad if you can type it. The first one is worship. One day, a religious leader 
asked Jesus, which of the commandment was most important? This is Jesus' answer. Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 30. Mark chapter 12, 28. It says, the most important one answered Jesus. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. Anything that takes away our devotion to God becomes an idol. A false God. And that is forbidden according to the scripture. Anything that takes away our devotion to God. Our worship to God. That thing is an idol. And we must not entertain that. Worship. You will realize that sometimes when we are coming to church. And we are to bring our kids. Sometimes it's a bit challenge, right? And sometimes we wonder, after all, what do they come and do? But the truth is that what we are doing is we are instilling in them the importance of what? Of worship. The importance of coming to church. The importance of learning the Bible. So when they grow, they will not what? depart from it. Most of us are here. The older ones, your parents may not be around but you are still coming to church. Why? Because when you were a child they took you to church. Even though you didn't understand it. Even though sometimes it's sad. It's hard. Sometimes you want to sit in the house and watch cartoons or do something else. But they will pull you along. All that they did was to instill in you the value of what? Coming to church, of worshiping God, of reading your Bible. That is why you still keep coming to church. I believe that if it had not been for that, I wouldn't have been here. If it had not been for that, that every time that we push us to, to go to church, even when they will not go, they will push you to go. And we must continue to do that. Even though the parents are dead and gone, we must continue to devote ourselves to worshiping our God. Let nothing take our devotion to God away from us. In today's world, many things are competing against our devotion to God. I am not saying that these things are, are bad. But when they become excessive, they take away our devotion to God. Excessive attention to material things, such as houses, cars, clothing, jewelry, physical appearance, entertainment, all these things, when they are excessively done, they take away our devotion to God. 
pursuit of wealth, power, fame, pleasure. It has the potential to take away our devotion to God. He says, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with everything in you. Devote your attention, your worship to God. Number two. Respect all people. Respect all people. After saying that love the Lord your God, after he said that that was the most important of them all, he continued and he said the second thing, love your neighbor as what? Yourself. There is no commandment what? Greater than that. And that is something that believers we must intentionally cultivate. Love to us is what? Agape. It means respect, affection, benevolence, goodwill, and concern for the welfare of others. The message that Jesus was trying to preach when he spoke about the good Samaritan was very simple. To love all people of the world Regardless of their race, their religion, their nationality, regardless of their political affiliation, whatever it is, we are supposed to love all people. We are supposed to do that. And there is a golden rule which says, do unto others as you would have them do unto who? You. We should not say, or in other words, whenever we are doing something, we must be able to say yes to this question. Would I want that said or that done to me? If your answer is yes, then you can go ahead and do it to the person. Unfortunately, we discriminate amongst ourselves. Even in the church, we have groups. We have formed our own department in the church, aside the department that the church has. And we we, we, we guard others And that is so sad. It is in the church that we have to show example. We must have respect for all people. Number three. Be humble. Be humble. Look at yourself and tell yourself, be humble. It is something that we have If you are a believer and you are not humble, there is something wrong about you. 
your believing in Christ. You must be humble. Even if it's not there, pretend as if it is there. When you continue to pretend, one day it will be true. Be humble. Humility or being humble is a quality of being courteous, respectful of others. It is the opposite of aggressiveness, arrogance, boastfulness, and vanity. Please, be humble. We, we, we ourselves, we are here. Be humble. Do away with that arrogance. Everything that you are, you are, you are angry. Hey, as for me, when I am hungry, nobody can hold me. Nah, yeah, dear. Just be humble. One of the things that I learned from my father was humility. Humility. Be humble. When you are humble, everything is fine. So something that you have to do. But we have Christians that you will see them fighting by the roadside. Just because somebody crossed you. I remember some time ago. We were going to Nungwa, right? And this, I don't know, this young boy, he has bought a new car. And he was misbehaving on the road. So I decided to also go my way. And this guy was going. So he came. And then I think he scratched the back of the tire. So I got out of the car. And I got to the guy. I said, you have to come out and check this one. Then you can hear my daughters. Daddy, you are a pastor. Don't do that. Daddy, you are a pastor. So I came back. <laughs> These children here. So I came back and I sat in the car and the guy left. I said, you people, you are coming, you will see. (laughs) Acting with humility does not in any way deny our own self-worth. Rather, it affirms the inherent worth of persons. Humility is exactly what is needed to live in Peace and harmony with all persons. It dissipates anger and heals wounds. Be humble. Hello. Don't say that that is how I am. In my house, everybody is not. Therefore, me too, I am not. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. Look at the life of Jesus. Somebody that was a king. The Bible says that he, he left his what? His glory, his majesty, his power, his authority. And he came down. And people were insulting him and doing everything to him. Yet still, he remained. Humble to the end. And at the end of the day, he was lifted up. And today we can sing that what a powerful name it is. What, what a beautiful name it is. 
Because he was humble. Number four. Honest. Be honest. Be what? Be honest. Intentionally be honest. Decisively be honest. Honesty and integrity are held very important values throughout the Bible. And any deception to gain advantage or harm another is not allowed. Please, let's not take advantage of the weaknesses of people and harm them and destroy them. Let us be what? Be honest. Deception may be a false statement, half truth, or failing to tell the whole truth. We see it all around. Amongst business people, amongst our politicians, amongst our pastors, Amongst believers, people are so dishonest. When you ask a believer to do something for you, he will look at you and he will add more to it. I say, this is how it is. Haven't you had a situation where you were going to buy something and the person gave you the invoice? Master, the invoice, here it is. How much should I write on it? You want the original or should I add something to it? I once went somewhere and the person I said, Master, this is what I came to buy. Just write what it is. And that is all. I cannot go and defend it. And this and no. Let us be honest. Let us tell the truth. If it's not, let's go ahead. The Bible says that truth would rule what? Will set you free. But we are not. They call you, you are around circle. Oh, may do may do say In fact, may do Meanwhile, you are in the car. And sometimes when it happens, the people in the car they will be laughing and you'll be laughing, you'll be laughing. Say, tell the person that you are lying. Just say the truth. If you are not there, you are not there. At least you are going, you will get there. Let us be what? I had this lecturer. He, he taught public finance. And he said, I am teaching you, don't go there and be corrupt. However, find ways and means of you to enriching yourself. He said, what is that? He said, yes. He said, really? So is that what you are teaching your students? Let us be honest. And this guy... He's a Christian. He comes to church and we pray. So he comes to lectures and we pray. And he says that, I am showing you how to do it, but make sure you are not caught. Let us be honest. Number five. Live a moral life. First Corinthians chapter 6, 19 to 20. It says, do you not know that your body is a temple 
of the Holy Spirit. So every believer, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He said, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. Your body is not yours. It belongs to the Holy Spirit. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your what? With your body. Honor God with your body. Live a moral life. It is a virtue. It is a value that we must all have. Jesus gave a list of actions that constitute immoral uses of our body. So he spoke about okay. He spoke about a number of things. He spoke about don't be greedy. He spoke about envy. He spoke about arrogance. He spoke about all that. And sometimes whenever we hear about or think about morality, we always think about sexual sin. Jesus added more. He said that is not the only thing. Lying Greedy, including even arrogance. He says, all these things makes your life immoral. So be very careful with that. Let us live what? A moral life. A moral life. You save yourself from all kinds of trouble. From all kinds of things. Number six. Be generous with your time and money. Be generous with your time and money. Be generous with your time and money. Isn't it interesting that when believers come to church and after two hours, three hours, they start agitating. You are too late. Aren't you closing? But these same people these same people, they can go to a funeral and they can sit comfortably from morning to evening and everything will be fine. These same people, they can go to weddings, not even to talk about parties. They can party and everything will be fine. But when we come to the house of the Lord, why is it that it is stained and you have no clothes? Next week I won't come. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your time in the house of the Lord. We won't stay here forever. Give us your time. In the house of the Lord, give us your time. Tell yourself, I will give myself the time. I will give my church my time. In service. In the house of the Lord. We need your time here. In the days, some few years ago, 
at Christ Temple, I will go as early as 6 a.m. Because I have to go and pack chairs for the kids. I will go the other side. Those of you who know Christ Temple. The educational blog. Then we had containers that were, were lined up for, for the children. That's where we were, we, were, we were teaching them. So we'll go up there. I'll go and carry the chairs happily and I'll be moving it happily, joyfully, walking about, laughing. I'll go and arrange the chairs for the children to come and sit on. After that, I'll rearrange it and take it back. I was doing it joyfully. I will stay for first service. I will stay for second service. I will leave the church around 2 a.m. And I am very happy going home. I have spent my time in the house of the Lord. We can do the same. Hmm? Can't we? Oh, my God. The Bible tells us that we should share generously with those in need. Please find someone that you can help and help. Every one of us has the ability to help somebody. Find someone you can help and help. It might not necessarily be money. Maybe just talk to the person. Encourage the person. Motivate the person. Pray with the person. Find someone and help. Hello. Let that be your goal this week. Go through your phone contact and look for people that you can support. Don't look for somebody that will be too demanding on you. Someone that you can comfortably support. If you should give the person five cities, the person will pray for you for the rest of your life. But look for someone and support. There is this guy that way back when I used to teach. At 37, I was teaching them math, English, science, and all other RME and everything. Up to today, this guy still calls me, still follows me, still looks for me. Wherever I am, this guy will look for me because I was able to help him. Help someone so that when you are old, they will come and hold your hand. That when I was a little boy, you helped me. Now you are old, I will also help you. Let us not be stingy with our monies. Believers, we are so good at that. Last time I spoke about money, I said, God loves who? Cheerful. Let us be cheerful in our giving. Don't accommodate everything. Let somebody also enjoy small. Oh, you don't agree with me? Eh, let somebody also enjoy small. Give somebody something. Eh, this morning, uh, uh, was it uh, this thing? Okay. Just, just, just help somebody with something small. Uh, during the vows day, I was there and I saw these numbers on my phone. It was coming from my wife. I said, thank God she has remembered me on this very day, which she does all the time. She sent me some credit. And me too, I decided to also bless somebody with some credit. And the person keeps praying for me. Not knowing that I was solving somebody's problem. He has been praying for credit. God, where is it coming from? And it came. 
Still, the person is praying for me. Let's give something small. Two CDs, one CD. Buy cocoa for somebody. Fuel for somebody. Let us be generous with what? Our time and our money. Number seven, very important. Practice what you preach. Don't be a hypocrite. Tell yourself, practice what you preach. If there was any one group of people that Jesus could not stand, Jesus could not stand them. He could not accommodate them. It was hypocrisy. The Pharisees. Jesus could not stand them because those people were serious hypocrites. He said, they strictly observe all the biblical laws on tithe, ritual purity, and other matters. At the same time, many of the Pharisees forgot the true spirit intent of the law and became self-endurance, self-righteous, snobbish, and greedy. That led Jesus to say, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like the wash, the whitewashed tomb, which looks beautiful on the outside, but on the inside is full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. Practice what you preach. Don't be a hypocrite. Practice what you preach. If it's yes, yes. If it's no, no. But you preach it and you don't practice it. You talk about it and you are doing something different. You say we should go this way and you have turned this way. It's like a pastor who says that all of us are fasting 10 days. And he is in his room enjoying some fufu and everything. He said, my people will fast. My people will fast. And you will come and stand here and say, we have been fasting. That is what? Practice what you preach. Number eight. Don't be self-righteous. No one is perfect. We all do fall. One way or the other. Don't take the habit of looking down on people, criticizing them, judging them, condemning them, or trying to control their lives. Judgment is to be left for who? God. So why are you criticizing them unduly? Why are you seeking to control their life? Everything they do, you condemn it. You don't see anything good in them. Why? It is not good. Don't do it. It is not good. See something good in the person. And praise the person small. Instead of always, as for you, you are like that. As for you, you are like that. As for you, you are like that. Are you perfect yourself? 
you are not. Allow God to do the judging. Number nine. Don't hold God. Jesus said, you have heard it was said in Matthew chapter 5, 38 to 40. Eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone should strike you on your right cheek, all you have to do is to do what? Turn the left one. I wonder how many of us will do that. And allow the person to add another one. That one will be very difficult, right? Maybe one of these days we have to try it and see how it will look like. But all that he's saying is that don't retaliate. You have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, right? But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How many of us do that? We rather want to see our enemies die. Die! Die! By fire, by tender, die! Jesus is saying that I tell you, pray for your enemies. Seek their well-being. Isn't time, hard time, we stop these, these kinds of prayers that we pray? Today we are killing your enemies. And in your mind, you have some people that you have aligned up. As for this one, they must die. They must die. They pray for them so that they will live to see how God will make you great. So that prayers, if you have been praying, please, from today, cancel it out of your prayer topics. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Hello. You know, I used to pray like that some years back. When my father died, I will line up his brothers and sisters. I say, you people, you did not support us. Even the coffin, we had to buy it ourselves. And you didn't give us a place to sleep. And you didn't give us a proper place to bury this man. And you didn't take care of us. All of us, one of you, one, two, one, two, you, two, you go, you go, you go. I'll pray, then I'll call. Please, is anybody dying? They said they are still alive. They are still making, they are still... I said, well, this is a waste of time. So I'll stop praying. In fact, I've been praying for them. And when their time is up, they will go by themselves. Why do you have to pray? There, there are more things for us to pray about. And the number 10, last one. Forgive others. Somebody in here is still holding on somebody 20 years ago. Why? Forgive. Matthew chapter 6, 14 to 15. He said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly father 
Which of them do you want? Is it your father forgiving you or holding on to that one? Whatever it is, you can be. I know sometimes it can be very difficult. The person really, really, really hurts you. But as a child of God, your value is what? I have forgiven you. You hurt me, but I have forgiven you. Let us learn to forgive. Husbands, forgive your wives. Wives, forgive your husbands. Those of you that are in relationship, forgive yourselves. And let's move on with our lives. We have more things to do in life than to hold on to that. The last scripture, Jesus says something very important. Matthew chapter 7, 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Alright, thank you. Matthew, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rains came down. The streams arose, the winds blew, and beat against the house, yet did not fall because it had its foundation on the what? The rock. 26. But anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like, this one the Bible says it, a foolish man who builds his house on the sun. The rains came, the streams arose, and the winds blew against and beat the house, and it fell, and there was a great crash. The wise builder builds on a solid rock because the rains will come. The winds will come. The heat times will come. The dry seasons will come. But it will stand. Why? Because the foundations are firmly grounded on a rock. If your values are firm and strong, when difficult times come, when hard times come, you will what? Stand. You will what? Stand. But if you don't, It says you will crash. You will go down. You will go down. You will go down. But I pray that all of us, because we have taken these things into heart and we are going to deliberately practice them, we will stand when hard times come, when temptations come, when difficult times come, we will stand Because the values are keeping us firm. Put your hand on your heart that the Lord will help you. In this year 2019, you are going to make this conscious effort. That there are things that you did in in 2018 that you don't want to repeat them. Simply because you did not allow these values to lead you. You were going by your own set of values. You were going by the values that you have developed over the years. You were going by the values that you think will help you. But these values are for every child of God. And this year may the Lord help us. So that we will put all these things to practice. 
we will live a good and a fruitful life. We will live in peace and in love with each other. We will enjoy our lives because these values will guide us. May the Lord help you. May the Lord help us. In Jesus' name.